This episode of Appalachian Murder Mystery and Legend is brought to you by Carpe because life can get sweaty. Carpe was founded by heavy sweaters for heavy sweaters. Carpe creates reliable sweat control no matter where, why, or how much you sweat. We have sweat care for everywhere, even outside the gym. You should never worry about sweat. Go to mycarpe.com, that's M-Y-C-A-R-P-E.com, and take the quiz that will point you to the correct products just for you. Carpe comes with a 100% money-back guarantee, and as always, products are shipped free of charge. So check out mycarpe.com, because life can get sweaty. Appalachia. Appalachia is a very distinct word, and everybody has their own opinion of what it represents. Moreover, though, whether it's right or wrong, it stirs up images of everything from indescribable mountaintop beauty, deep forest, and cabins in the wood, to trailer parks, meth heads, extreme prejudice, and xenophobia. The fact that one word can bring up such a huge response is an owed to its far-reaching influence in society. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. They once towered 30,000 feet into the air and currently stretch from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. The inhabitants of these mountains through the many years of their existence have lived through and witnessed what can only be described as horrendous, demeaning, and even downright unbelievable history as we are now learning every day is not exactly what we've been told and what was once thought to be nothing more than fairy tale is now coming to light as truth. I often hear references to the movie Deliverance or people making funny banjo sounds when describing the Appalachians. I, being born and raised in these mountains, know that nothing in fact could be more wrong or, in some cases, more right. The history that lies in these mountains is rich and has been around longer than any place in the United States. In fact, far longer than the United States itself. We'll look into these mountains and learn about the good, the bad, and the ugly history that lies within them to this very day. Hello, I'm Larry Bentley, and this is Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, my good friends. Thank you for your time once again today. Sometimes what we think happened in our history is pretty much true in the overall picture of things. Simply put, America was settled mostly by Europeans who came over the Atlantic by ship. They landed on the East Coast and traveled as far west as it took or as far as they wanted to just to find themselves a place to settle, and that's where they called home. Now... As with anything else, 
And I guess for the sake of simplifying things, sometimes there are details that are just skimmed over. Maybe a little something that really don't fit into the narrative of the accepted story. Come on in and make yourselves at home. Let me tell you the tale just such an oddity that just don't fit in the written history of America. A story that is to this day just overlooked by the experts as an unexplainable coincidence or just something they'd rather not talk about or get into because nobody really knows the answer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Back in 1654 in the Appalachians, the English explorers first made it to an area that includes portions of East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, and Eastern Kentucky, where they were shocked to find an already thriving community of people. These people were described as being dark-complected, reddish-brown-complected, olive-skinned, and even pale-white-skinned people who were neither Native American nor African, but had European features. They also described some of the people as hairy, people and having long beards and whiskers, and regardless of their complexions, all wore homemade clothing. They had to a steel bell, which was six feet tall, which it would ring in the morning and in the evening. And at that time, most of the community would come together and have a sit down and just talk. Now, bear in mind that the first British ship sent from England to form the first permanent British colony had landed in Jamestown, Virginia in 1607. Starting a colony wasn't an easy task. In fact, a great number of those who came over to Virginia died in the first winter. It literally took years to gain a toehold in the new world before explorers could begin moving west in search of land that could be settled. And they went into this area in search of that land only to find a whole community of people living, farming, and seemingly thriving in an environment of peaceful bliss. At that point, there was only two questions on the minds of the explorers. Where did these people come from, and how the heck did they get there? Now, the good people of the village communicated in a language that wasn't English nor any Native American dialect that the accompanying Native Americans knew. Their bells seemed to smack of a Latin American influence among the people, but just how they managed to get that big heavy bell up into the mountains is still a mystery. They lived in log cabins with arched windows and were practicing Christian beliefs. Now, how odd is that? Arched windows in an log cabin. It must have meant something. It's much easier to make a square window, but exactly what? I don't know, maybe... These folks were just so comfortable in their community that they simply added a little bit of style to their homes, but who really knows? These people had a spoken history telling of being descended from a group of Portuguese who had been shipwrecked and abandoned on the East Coast. The term they used to describe themselves was Portuguese. Now, 
To add more even oddity to it, some of the people were also described as having red hair and very distinctive blue or blue-green eyes, and they'd been there for several generations because they had cemeteries where their forefathers and mothers laid. There was a name given to these people. They were referred to as Melungeons. The traditional explanation for the word Melungeon is the French melange, meaning mixture. Another theory for the origin of Melungeon is the Afro-Portuguese term Melongo, which means shipmate. Neither of these theories have been proven or disproven, but both are thought to be possible explanations. Nearly everybody who's done any research with the Melungeons agree that they fiercely resented the term at the time. But in recent years, many Melungeons proudly bear the name and acknowledge their heritage. So what exactly then is their heritage? We'll look at that next. You're listening to Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend with Larry Bentley. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the million-dollar question was, what was the Melungeon heritage? Of course, many theories emerged through the years as to the Melungeon heritage. To understand those, we have to first look at a couple of things. First off, we have to understand that the British weren't the first Europeans to cross the Atlantic to have a look around North America. Recent historical finds show that the Vikings had been to North America long before Europeans even knew it existed. It's not clear how far into the Appalachian Mountains they were able to trek, but I expect that'll be learned with more expeditions into the history. Another was Fernando, or I'm sorry, Francisco de Soto, who was a notorious explorer who had made his way to the area where the Melungeons lived back in 1540. De Soto and his 800 men had literally fought their way through many Native American tribes to get to where the area they were to find yet another tribe living there. Now, having fought their way through the, to the area, the entire party was exhausted, so DeSoto decided to stop, set up camp, and just rest and keep an eye on the Native Americans from a distance. Now, we who live in the mountains know that no matter how slick you are, you're not going to hide 800 people who have to be fed. To do that, one has to have fire, so it didn't take long for the Cherokee to find them. When the Native Americans first saw their horses and realized that people actually rode these things around, they were scared. They'd never seen a horse before as they weren't indigenous to America. In fact, that's where the word horse originated. It's Native American for elk dog because they thought that they looked like a cross between an elk and a dog. Now, the 800 men with the Soto, there were 200 of them that were enslaved African and Portuguese people. This makes me wonder if it's possible that some of these enslaved people might have escaped from DeSoto's party and were aided by the Cherokee Nation. 
It's possible that they, being both African and Portuguese, could have then married into the Cherokee people and had children who carried on traditions of both their parents. But that's just my thought. Also in 1587, John White, a British explorer, attempted to set up the first permanent British colony on Roanoke Island in North Carolina. The colonists were left under the charge of Governor Ralph Lane with provisions, and John White returned to England to retrieve more. And starting a colony, you know, was just a big spurn test. It's a hard thing to do. And just so happens that at the time there came the Anglo-Spanish War and Mr. White was delayed on his return back to Roanoke Island and he couldn't make it back until 1590, at which time he found nobody. The only sign that anybody had ever been there was a carving left on a tree nearby that only said one word, Croatan. Now I don't know if it's possible for the Melungeons to have found or that we found in the mountains to be the descendants of the lost colony of Roanoke, but I can say stranger things have happened. Some of the mystery was cleared up. Well, I guess for some folks, to me it made it even more impossible to explain when the collection of DNA began and testing was conducted on the Melungeon folks. Testing showed that their DNA is Portuguese, African, Native American, Mediterranean, and Arab with the least contributing factor being Native American. Not all DNA runs in all members, though all are considered tri-racial with the, at least three of the DNA strands found in each person. Now that we went through all of that, how are these folks looked at in society? Yes, folks, this country has a sad history of racial discrimination, unfortunately. In a society where people were classified according to European concepts of race, the Melungeons, like other similar groups, were in an awkward position. Neither white, black, nor Native American, their social status, and I'm sad to say those words, but that's pretty much how the country worked then, was below that of whites, but usually somewhat above African Americans. Different groups faced different social and legal restrictions depending on local attitudes. In the 1840s, several Melungeons were tried for illegally voting on the grounds that they were not white and therefore ineligible to cast a ballot. However, they were acquitted. And in Virginia, Melungeons were classified as colored by the Racial Integrity Act, which was in effect from 1924 to 1971. Most of the discrimination faced by Melungeons was social rather than legal. They were considered low class and untrustworthy inbreds. It's pretty sad, huh? The most famous Melungeon was a young man born in 1935. He learned to play his guitar and sing. His Melungeon roots ran deep on his mother's side. By the time he was 20 years old, he was regarded as one of the most significant cultural icons of the 20th century. His energized interpretations of songs and performance style combined with a singularly potent mix of influences across color lines led him to great success. By 1958, he'd sold more records than any act of any kind ever. You may have heard of him. His name was Elvis Presley. I hope you've enjoyed hearing our story today. If you have, please rate and review the podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, please. Please go over to our Patreon page at patreon.com, search Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend, and 
give it a look. If you'd like to join, there's several levels to do so, starting at Mountain Boomer all the way up to Appalachian Hillbilly. I have early released ad-free episodes and exclusive content there. You can also support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or you can go to Facebook group Appalachian Murder Mystery and Legend Podcast where we get into about everything. I'll be back soon with another Appalachian Murder Mystery or Legend, and I'll see you then.